Thank you for listening to the Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Here's today's message from our pastor, James Demmel. There's no part of life that's outside the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Listen, Colossians 3.17. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Not only do you believe, you have to confess that. Because Jesus Christ paid for your sins on the cross. But by his resurrection, he provides for your life. I said he paid for your sins on the cross. But by his resurrection, he provides for your life. Buddy, that should be more than just a hand raise. Now on the cross, Jesus paid for sins. And so, our failure to confess him as our public acknowledgement in association with his public authority, Jesus Christ, blocks your deliverance from happening. You understand that? Remember the title of this sermon series is Deliverance by Name. The moment that you speak his name, deliverance occurs. There's understandings in the Bible that give us, the Bible says Daniel prayed for 21 days. And God, listen, there was a fight between heaven and hell. And it was such a fight that, that God sent a messenger and said, Daniel, you keep on praying. You keep on believing. You keep on receiving. I know that your prayer hasn't been answered yet, but there's a fight going on in heaven. Listen to me, church member. Listen to me, someone that walked off the street. When you pray to God and you have confessed Him as Jesus Christ, deliverance is going to occur. There is a war going on in heaven. There's a war going on in the spiritual, and it's for your life. And we have to understand it as people. Okay, i got to move forward. So failure to confess him makes our deliverance null and void. 1 John 2.23 Whosoever denieth the Son, the same not, hath not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. If you deny me, I'll deny you. So if you skip your association with this public authority, Jesus... Don't expect God the Father to take care of your trouble. He's not a genie in the bottle. John says you didn't deny me, Jesus. You denied my Father. There's only one way to salvation. His name is Jesus. But your deliverance comes through God the Father. Okay. I think we might just be on board one day out of four years. So when you begin to confess the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to have people that stand up against you. Amen? Amen. And listen, we live in a day of no shame. 
We live in a day that people will stand up and confess their illegitimate relationships. They will confess everything that's going on in their life. And then they will say, this is me. This is who I am. This is the way I am. And you got to deal with it. Well, I have a problem with that. Because if I have to deal with the way they are and I have to deal with their issue and their problem and I have to deal with their circumstance, well, guess what, baby? I need to stand up and declare the Jesus Christ of the Bible. And that is me and that is who I am and that is what I am and listen baby you got to deal with it because the Jesus that I the place I come from listen the Jesus that's inside of me will transform everything inside of you he will transform your finances he will transform your struggle oh he will transform your body and listen I'm not just standing here all excited about it I want you to understand he did that for me I've seen it in my life he has transformed who I am I need the fire of God. I need Jesus Christ. And I want the world to know about him. I want people with illegitimate relationships. I want it to be properly clear. I want it to be kindly clear. I want it to be absolutely clear. But the Bible says to do it in a nice way. I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 3.15 says this. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And be ready always to give an answer to every man. That asketh you reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Another translation says this. But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. The Holman Christian Standard Bible says it this way. It's probably my favorite of all because it recognizes the Lord Jesus Christ as the Messiah, which, which means he's the anointed one. It says this, but honor the Messiah as Lord in your heart. Always be ready to give a defense. See, we have to defend our Christianity. We have to defend our salvation. I told you that we are in a war. We have to be able to defend it. And I'm not talking about with swords and guns and craziness. I'm talking about if someone asks you what you believe in, you need to be able to tell them what you believe. I believe that Jesus is love. I believe that He is my Savior. I believe that He transformed my life. You do not have to be a Bible scholar to say that. Amen. What is your rationale for the hope that is within you? Why do you act the way that you act? Why do you do what you do? Why do you talk the way that you talk? Or are you different than people around you? You know, when we hear, you're different, we automatically think, oh, they don't like me. And then we try to get them to like us. Okay, I've been different all my life. Okay, I've never fit into the mold that people wanted me to fit in. And there are a lot of people in here that want to carve their own path. 
And, and, that, and that's okay. But I want you to understand the only path you're ever going to carve that's your own is a path of destruction and a path of fire and a path of, of craziness going on behind you until you let Jesus Christ take your life over. He says, if you're ashamed of me in your daily living, I'm going to be ashamed of you when it matters. See, we think God is good enough to take us to heaven, but we want to be quiet about it on earth. And so, two years ago, at the Lynn Care Christmas Luncheon, I was asked to go, and I actually, they sent me a letter. And they, they said this, basically. They said, we want you to come and pray over the Christmas luncheon. There'll be all these things going on, and, and, and uh, your boss has said that, that you're a, a pastor, and, and we don't really have a lot of pastors in here, and we just want you to come pray. But don't mention Jesus. So I went there, and they did a lot of awards, and they did a lot of giveaways, and they did you know prize drawings and all this stuff, and it came my time. And I stepped up on the stage, and, and I was actually really nervous about it because there was going to be like 1,500 people there. And so I, I wrote down the prayer that I was going to pray, and I recited it over and over and over again and because I was really worried about what I was going to say to these people that did not want Jesus. And so I want to read you the prayer because I found it the other day. And it went something like this, but I deviate from the script a lot. But it was two years ago, so I'm going to read you what I have. I said, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm honored to pray at this luncheon today where Lynn Carey has asked me to pray for their event. I said, Lord, I think by the writing of this letter that you want me to reach you. And since they want me to reach you, I know that, that they don't want me to Talk about it, but I want you to understand that you are our mediator between God and man. And your name is Jesus Christ. I thank you for creating Lincare. Because Lord, without Lincare, I would not have a job. Lord, I would not be able to provide for my family. And looking out at these beautiful people, they would not be able to provide for their family either. But I stood there behind the desk. Thank you for creating a governing body. Because Lord, without their governing sources that Romans tells us about, we would not be able to complete and keep this job. Where Paul states also in Romans that he walked and talked with Jesus Christ. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father. I pray in the name of Jesus. You want me to tell you why? First of all, I know some of you are thinking, what a smart aleck. But I didn't do that to be a smart aleck. I did that because I want you to understand that when they call me somewhere... They better call me with the understanding that I represent Jesus Christ. 
And if I'm going to talk, if I'm going to pray, then we're going to talk about Jesus Christ. And if they don't want me to pray, guess what? There's a lot of places I ain't been invited back to. And that's okay with me. I preached at a lot of places one time. But listen, that is okay. You know why? Because I know the Jesus that, that rests inside of me. And if you call me, baby, you better expect to talk about the Lord because that's who I am. And that's better be who you are. Because if that's not who you are, you're going to have trouble in your life. Listen, I want to tell you another story. I was an office manager at this place. And they were all talking about Jesus one day. And I thought, I'm not going to say a word. I'm not going to say a word. I'm not going to say a word. And I know what you're thinking. That's hard for him not to say a word. I'm not putting my two cents worth in. And I just sat there and I was quiet and I bit my tongue because some of the stuff they were saying was crazy outrageous to me. And I thought, I just need to say it. I just need to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. And so I went back to my office and I was sitting in my office. And the whole day, I felt like a failure. The whole day, my life was messed up. The whole day, this has been about 10 years ago, I could not get myself together. And I remember trying to like, go in and talk to him and trying to bring, get him to bring it up so I could say what I wanted to say. But it never happened. And so I remember leaving my office that day. I had my folder under my arm and I was walking out to get in my car and I thought this as I stopped at the door. God, if you ever... Give me another opportunity to declare your name. I will never keep my mouth shut again. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care what I have to go through. I will declare your name because I know that you saved me. I know that you transformed my life. I know that you made me whole. And God, I need you to touch the people around me. So what I'm saying to you today is you may be sitting there thinking, well, this pastor has it all together. No, I don't. There are times when I don't want to confess his name. But when you don't confess his name you get yourself into trouble and there might be someone sitting right next to you that is broken that is lost that is weak that is about to turn over their salvation and you need to declare the name of Jesus to them so that they can be saved you don't know what you're doing when God instructs you to open your mouth I do what I do because of my identification with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it qualifies me to call his name. Now listen, the text tells us in Romans 10.10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With the mouth you speak. With the mouth you call on his name. And if you call on his name, you will be saved and delivered. But he's not talking about going to heaven. That's not the qualification in Romans 10. He's talking about being delivered from your circumstance, your history, your devil. Satan wars against the mind. And what I'm talking about is overcoming. Revelations 12, 11 says, And they, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and the word, and the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives to death. Man, that's powerful. They had to testify about their public authority. They had to testify 
about the association with their public authority. You can't be ashamed of him in this world. And then call on him when you need him for your circumstance. There's a lot of believers that are like that. And they wonder why they have no power. When you're an heir with Jesus, that's what salvation is. He takes you out of slavery and he sets you up to be an heir with him. You are delivered by your confession. But a lot of believers never confess. How do I know it happens to a lot of Christian people? Because our churches are not full. When you go to the supermarket, everybody wants to talk to you about how that they're a believer. But they don't want to represent their Jesus as if they are a believer. Believers want to be in the house of God. Pastor, you're just saying that to get me to come to church. Buddy, if it changes your life, yes, I am. Pastor, you're just trying to coerce me. You're like a, you're like a used car salesman up there. Whatever it takes. Okay? For $13.95.99, you can have the greatest thing this world ever offered. Okay? As a matter of fact, if you come to this altar today, I can give him to you for free. Would that work for you? See, I don't work that way. Okay? I, I don't need a Learjet. I'd love to have a Ferrari. But I don't need it. I can drive a Pinto as long as it gets me here and has four doors. I don't care if that thing's a rust bucket and every time you close the doors, rust just falls right off of it. As long as I can get to the house of God, as long as I can worship Him, as long as I can confess His name, as long as I can declare that He is Lord and stand before people and tell that He has changed me, He has saved me, He has made me whole, then I'm good with a pinto. But what I found is when I get a hold of Jesus Christ, He began to bless me in ways that I didn't know I was getting blessed. He began to prosper me in ways that I didn't prosper Him. I don't have to be a used car salesman because this is what I want you to know. He loved me. He found me. He made me whole. And without Him, I would still be broken, messed up, and a wreck. I'm about done, but I, I, I want to tell you one more thing. Most church people understand food. Pentecostals really do, because that's where they go when they get out of church. It's food. But I want you to understand that this is not the buffet of heaven. Oh, pastor, what do you mean? This is not Golden Corral. Willis calls it the hog trough, don't he? I love Willis. We're praying that he comes to the house of God, and I promise you'll love him. It's not the buffet of heaven, and here's what I mean. When you go to a buffet, there's a, a, a big row of food. It's more food than you've ever seen in your life. 
And what you do is you get a plate. Everybody's been to a buffet, and you begin to pick out what you want. Well, you know what? I, I, I'm not going to have the salad today. You can look and tell that I've missed a couple salads. And, and, and I, you know what? I, the fried chicken looks amazing. I'm going to have me some of that. Oh, the last time I was here, the green beans were good, so I'm going to have me some green beans. And they got those little shrimp. I'm going to eat some. Oh, look, they got tacos. How sushi over here. Might I add that you don't mix the two. <laughs> and you begin to fill your plate with what you want. You begin to say, I don't like this, and I'll skip this, and but this looks good, and that looks good. That is not how salvation works. I want you to understand that when you get Jesus Christ, you get all he's got. And the greatest thing about Jesus Christ is, is Riley right here. She thinks that she's his favorite child. And see, Lynn Demo over here, she thinks that, that she's his favorite child. And, and Mark Bentley right here, he thinks that he's God's favorite child. But what I want you to understand is that when God gives you everything, he gives us all equal shares. And you get everything he's got to offer because he wants you to be endued with his power. He wants you to have his strength, his anointing, his sanctification that we never talk about anymore. Because he wants you to know. That when you go out into a broken world, that you can reach them because you have Him. Amen? And so that brings me to my last story. In the years of slavery, a lot of us don't know what that is. But they would do tremendous things to the slaves. I, I can't even fathom it. And it was just horribly wrong. They would brand them with letters. I read multiple articles. They, they would cut off their thumb. Some of them got their pinky cut off. Or another digit. So that they could have their slave master. So that he could know that's my slave. Some of them were cut in diagonal ways in different places of their body. That way, when, when it was time to find out where their slave was or someone else had their slave, they could go and they could pull open that spot and find those cuts, those marks, those brandings. But one story caught me as different. Because there was a slave master who took very good care of his slaves. And he gave them what was called an all. We call it today a bull ring. Now, as if that's okay, he would snap the ring inside their nose. And that represented that they were his slave. Can I tell you today that's not okay? But that, that little ring was called an all. And there was a president that is greatly beloved now. His name is Abraham Lincoln. And he created this bill that passed in Congress. It was called the Emancipation Proclamation. It was the freedom bill for the slaves. And so at that moment, the slave would get a certain amount of money from the government, which was not a lot. And they could free themselves from the slave trader. They could... Free themselves from the taskmaster. They could free themselves from the person that owned everything about them. 
there was two things that they could do. The first thing they could do is they could leave the plantation. They could leave the slave trader. They could leave the, the slave master. And they could just go on their own way. And they could say, I don't want to deal with you anymore. I don't want nothing to do with you. I don't like you. But there was a second thing they could do. And many slaves did it for this certain slave master. Because instead of treating them like a slave, even though he had put an awl in their nose, he treated them like they lived in a community. And what they said that you could do was you could remove the awl, you could go to the master, and you could place the awl at his feet. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And what you would say is, Master, I'm giving my all to you. I'm giving up the ability to be free. I'm giving up the ability to do my own thing. But because I'm giving my all to you, what I'm asking you to do in return is clothe me. What I'm asking you to do in return is feed me. What I'm asking you to do in return is give me a place to stay. Give me a shelter. Listen, give me medical care. Give me everything I need. And if the master accepted the all, it was his job to provide for that free man for the rest of their life. Pastor, why are you saying this? Because there are a lot of people in the house today that need to say, Lord... I'm giving you my all. See, there's a lot of you that may have given God your all in the beginning. There's a lot of you that, that say, Pastor, I, I'm a leader in the church and I've given God my all, but I want it back now. I, I don't want to be that, that, that slave that has to give everything to God. But what I'm telling you is that when you give your life to God fully and wholly, He provides everything. See, we want to talk about the Lord being the master controller, and that's a bad deal because I don't want anybody to control my life. But when we flip it around and we understand that the master controller takes care of every issue that I have, it begins to change the perception of who we are. We begin to be different. We begin to know that, listen, I don't have to worry because the master has got it under control. I, I don't have to be afraid because the master has taken care of it. The, the, the cancer in my life that I should be scared to death about. I don't have to worry anymore because the master has it under control. Is that a good understanding? L listen to this and I'm going to close. The Bible says this in Ephesians 1, 2. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things in the church. Which is the body, the fullness of him that fulfilleth all in all. Listen, another scripture says this. Colossians 1, 15 through 18. This provides God with everything that you are. Who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they were thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things. By him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in all things he might have preeminence in all things he might have dominion this is the conclusion today 
Philippians 2.9, it says this. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him. And given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, demons tremble. You hearing what I'm saying? At the name of Jesus, your life is transformed. At the name of the Almighty One. Everything that you have held in your life, what grandma and grandpa said, what, what, what you believed about God can change because you know him. Everybody stand with me today. And as you stand with me, I want to ask you one question. Have you given him your all? Have you made him Lord of your life? They have a slide that represents everything that we've taught over the last couple of weeks as a summary. But I want you to take your focus to the word the. The, the slide is the Lord Jesus Christ. But the word the says it's used to pinpoint or to point forward to a following qualifying. To a following qualifying or Defining clause or phrase. Then it says Lord. It is pointing you forward. The word the, that means there's only one. To the master controller, the, the supreme authority, the superintendent, the attendant, the manager, the boss. Jesus, your savior, deliverer, and rescuer. Christ, the Messiah. The anointed one and your elected official. Your public authority. He's calling you today. And what he's saying is. When you accept me into your life. You get the Lord Jesus Christ. You get everything that comes with me. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you. We would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com And click contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, the broken, the weak, weary, and stray.